Welcome to the first episode of CareCast, CareNet's brand new monthly podcast on family, faith, and life with me, Vincent DiCaro, the Chief Outreach Officer of CareNet, and Rollin Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this episode, we're going to talk about uncertainty about when life begins, and if that should lead to a pro-life or a pro-choice position. We're going to talk about abortion as a sacrament. We're going to talk about Kelly Clarkson and her song about father absence on American Idol. We're going to talk about the birth of bald eagles. And finally, we're going to talk about presidential politics and Roe versus Wade, but probably not in the way you would expect us to. So how are you, Roland? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Vince? Good, good, good. So this is really exciting. This is our our first podcast for CareNet here, and um, I'm really excited about some of the things that we're going to be able to talk about and some of the things that we're going to be able to do with this kind of different and exciting media of podcasting. Yeah, it is really exciting. I mean, we've got so many different channels where we're getting uh, messaging and information out into uh, the world, uh, certainly to the pregnancy centers, but also to the, the broad culture as well. And, uh, you know, this is going to be just one more vehicle for us to be able to do it. So certainly God's blessing this. So yeah, stuff. absolutely. And, you know, and what we're really going to try to accomplish here at, uh, with CareCast is, you know, we're going to see things in the news. We're going to see mm-hmm. things in entertainment, yep. uh, trends in the pro-life movement, yeah. things coming out of pregnancy centers, yeah. the church. Um, and really, this whole idea of us talking about what it means to be pro-abundant life. Yes, and those absolutely. are that's going to be kind of the anchor of what we're going to talk about. Absolutely, and and it and you know everything begins with life. You know, there's nothing to talk about if you're not talking about life because life starts everything. So uh, it's going to be easy for us to kind of see how our issue, the life issue, uh, connects to so many things that are going on in the culture. And so many things that are going on in the world. So yeah. this is good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and as we said in kind of in our tagline there, you know, family, faith, and life are probably going to be, uh, you know, topics that will come up a lot with yep. us. Yep. Just given given our interests and where we've been. Uh, yeah, we have those three. Yes. <laughs> we, have, we have family, we have faith, and we have life. <laughs> that, that is true. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, we, so I guess we're qualified then to talk, Absolutely. To talk about Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Very good. So. You know, let's just kind of jump right into it. Uh, you know, one of the things that you actually talked about in one of your recent life chats was this whole notion of, you know, one of the more common arguments you hear from pro-choice folks is that because there's uncertainty about when life begins, that actually leads should lead you to a pro-choice perspective. Kind yeah. of this idea that, well, we don't really know when life begins, so let's just, you know, assume that maybe it's not there and we can go ahead and yeah. support abortion. But you kind of have a different take on that. Why don't you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I, I really do. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I mean, actually, for, for several years, I was first uh, sort of made aware of this sort of interesting conundrum, so to speak, uh, back in 2008. And uh, I, I had seen a, a clip where uh, Pastor Rick Warren uh, and uh, then-Senator Barack Obama were having a discussion about when life begins. And, and Rick Warren asked the question, he said, at what point uh, should a baby get human rights in your view? And then uh, Senator Obama at the time said, well, when you think about it from a theological or perspective or a scientific perspective, answering that question with any kind of specificity uh, would you, you know, be above my pay grade. And it was sort of a little bit of sort of a laugh line that mm-hmm. to some degree, I suppose, at some level to kind of, uh, kind of move past it. And, and it kind of dropped there. And mm-hmm. so um, I've been pondering that for quite, quite some time. And I really, really started to think about this because no, really what you're saying with that notion is that because I don't know when life begins, yeah, obviously, you know, that's certainly been a position that the that um, uh, Senator Obama and then now President Obama in terms of being a pro-choice person has had that I don't know when life begins and it supports a pro-choice uh, decision. So I think that it doesn't logically 
take you there. Yeah, and so what what we've tried to argue in a couple different places now is that being uncertain about when life begins actually should lead you to a pro-life position. Um, And you you have like a nice little kind of analogy to help folks think that through and hopefully even be able to use it as they're talking to to people about this issue. Yeah, absolutely. So so the analogy I use is that, you know, supposing that uh, you you got invited by one of your good friends over to help them move and uh, your good friend in in their haste to pack all their boxes – forgot to label them. And so you walk in and the friend says, listen, I forgot to label all the boxes, but in one of those boxes is this really, really expensive vase that has been in our family for years and years. It's basically priceless from a sentimental perspective, uh, economically, it's just priceless. And, and, And I don't know which box this vase is in. I just don't know. And, uh, and then, then your friend hands you a box. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so the question is, how would you treat that box? Right. How would you treat that box? You're right? uncertain about whether or not the valuable thing is inside that box. Exactly. Would you, you just kind of toss it onto the moving truck yeah, or would you be extra careful? Absolutely. Just run downstairs and toss it on. And I would submit to you that what you'd do is you'd be very careful with it. You would say, because I'm uncertain about which one of these boxes. Now, not only would you be careful with the box that you're holding, but you would be careful with all of the boxes that you have to move because you're uncertain. Yeah. So if you follow that analogy through, right? So if we're uncertain about what's happening in the woman's womb, like when life begins, at what point, we're uncertain, then it seems to me that it would not lead you to a pro-choice position, but would lead you to a pro-life position. Yeah, we would be, err on the side of caution. We would err on the on the, on the side and, of caution. And we actually, and you make the point that we actually do that in every other area of life. Yes. But somehow in this area, we do the opposite. Yes. So yeah. in every other area of life, when uncertainty actually leads to more caution. A- absolutely. You know, it's funny because it's also uh, certainly connected to sort of the classic American jurisprudence. Um, and it's something called the Blackstone Foundation. Uh, there was this famous jurist, William Blackstone, who said, better 10 guilty men escape than one innocent party suffer. Mm-hmm. Right. So since we're uncertain mm-hmm. about whether one of the ten is guilty or innocent, mm-hmm. it's better for us just to let them all go. Let them all go. Mm-hmm. Our uncertainty causes us to be more careful. More careful, and in this particular con- construct, causes us to be pro-life. In other words, we're going to be pro-life. We're going to let that person go free. Mm-hmm. It's built into the DNA of, of our law, mm-hmm. uh, and so. But somehow, when it comes to this issue about the womb. Mm-hmm. We we use a different a different perspective. It, it's yeah. confusing for me, and I think it's illogical. Yeah, it is, and you know, and that kind of leads into the next uh, thing that w- I wanted to chat with you about, which mm-hmm. is uh, this notion that I think a lot of the the lack of logic and just some of these just crazy conclusions that folks come to around this particular issue is really related to the fact that um, abortion has become a sacrament. Yeah to a lot of folks on the pro-choice side. If you really think about what a sacrament is, it's something mm-hmm. that's holy and sacred and really untouchable. Yeah. You know, even and the way we treat sacraments is that even if we don't we're not part of that religion, yeah, we don't yeah. agree with or understand mm-hmm. what that sacrament is all about, we would never dare do anything to interfere with somebody else's ability to partake in that sacrament. And that's really where abortion has kind of landed in our culture today that you do not dare interfere with yeah. this sacrament and and that obviously leads to logic a lot of times being thrown out the window. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's absolutely, absolutely true. I mean, you think about the definition of a sacrament. 
you know, from the dictionary. It's something that's regarded as possessing a sacred character and a mysterious significance. It's something that's to be revered, cherished, and celebrated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you think about it, you know, this issue really in so many circles, unfortunately, has become that kind kind of issue. So even when you start having conversations about when life begins or start having conversations about, you know, uh, women uh, that are impacted by abortion and want to tell their stories and put their, their stories out into the public square in terms of how this hurt me and how there was a physical, emotional or psychological or spiritual uh, 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 risk that I took and, and some consequences from that. Well, you just can't you can't even talk about it because, mm-hmm. you know, this is a sacrament. You, it's, mm-hmm. This is sacred. It's holy. It's off bounds. It's it's beyond us even be able being able to even discuss it anymore mm-hmm. in any logical way. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's particularly interesting because the science has so moved in the direction mm-hmm. that it's pretty clear that what's happening in the womb is is life mm-hmm. by any category that anyone would define life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clearly there, but yeah. there are a lot of folks that just. You know, they kind of want to stick their fingers in their ears and go la, 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 as you start to articulate that stuff to them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And and the ironic thing is uh, recently in the news, there was this – the D.C. Eagle cam. Yeah. I don't know if you saw anything about this. Yeah, This is not the Philadelphia Eagles. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) The Redskins hate the the Eagles. Right, right, right. And and we're here where we are in the home of the the Redskins. We we cannot talk about that. But, no, this was an actual real bald eagle. Yeah. and uh, hundreds of thousands of people apparently flocked, no pun intended, to the D.C. Eagle camp. Well, there was a pun intended. There, there was. I, you yeah. wrote that, and I know there was a pun intended. I, I know you too well. Uh, yeah, I know. This is, this is an opportunity for me to share all my bad jokes. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, so literally hundreds of thousands of people were watching these eagle eggs sitting in a nest yeah. waiting for them to hatch. Yeah. And it just – the irony of that struck me because we're, we try to find every way we possibly yeah. can to, de- to deny the humanity or the life that's inside the, the womb of a human mother. Yeah. But then when we see eggs yeah. that – the eagles haven't actually come out of those eggs yet. Yeah. They're still in there. So according to our logic in terms of how we treat humans, shouldn't we just kind of say, well, I mean they're still inside the egg so they're not really alive. What's, what's so interesting about – that but instead we do the opposite we flock to that and we're just so fascinated by this notion that there's this life inside this egg and it's Mm -hmm. about to come out but we can't do the same thing for ourselves yeah Yeah. no i it is fascinating just that because you kind of mix our metaphors together imagine if that eagle egg was in a box (laughs) right right and someone handed you the box and said i'm not sure whether this eagle egg is in this box or not Mm mm-hmm I'm not sure if it's in any of the boxes here. How would you handle that box? Mm-hmm. With extreme caution. In fact, the yeah. law actually would require you to exactly. because the bald eagle is a protected species. And exactly. even tampering, touching yes. their eggs yes. is actually a crime. And, and the egg is basically the womb. So in, right. the, in the womb, in mm-hmm. the egg, mm-hmm. right, yeah. Yeah. it's protected. It's protected. It's protected. Because it, it, we understand in, innately that it is alive. Yes, absolutely. And, and and by the way, you're uncertain whether that's really going to hatch or not. You don't even know. You're, you don't have a certainty mm-hmm. that that particular egg is actually going to hatch because all that's true. eggs don't hatch. Right. But, and, but even though we have uncertainty, mm-hmm. right, it causes us to be more careful. It so it's so a pro-life ways. position. It, it, to a pro-life, pro-eagle. Pro-life, pro-eagle, pro-eagle position. It does. Uh, yes, yes. Ironic, huh? Yes. And we're not even in Philadelphia. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we got to clarify that. I know. Imagine if we were, what would happen? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's something to ponder. So, Ron, I just want to switch gears real quick okay. and uh, talk about a topic that is close to both of our hearts mm-hmm. um, as dads ourselves and having worked at National Fatherhood Initiative together for many years. Um, but Kelly Clarkson was recently on American Idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was the first American Idol champion, I guess. Yes. And uh, she came back to the show this year and sang a song that really touched the hearts of a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, it was about you know her own wounds from having grown up without her father in her life mm-hmm. and now kind of having those wounds healed by watching the father of her own child yeah. um, just being such a great dad and a great husband and how that seeing that unfold in her own life is really healing this this wound that she had in her own heart from her father's absence. And, it, you know, it just really kind of struck me and obviously struck a lot of folks that, uh, you know, this fatherhood issue is a huge issue that we yeah. can't ignore. As pro-life people, we can't ignore the importance of father involvement. No, I agree a thousand percent. You know, I grew up without my father, as I'm sure you know. Uh, and, you know, one of the things I'm fond of saying is that kids have a hole in their soul in the shape of their dad. And if a father is unable or unwilling to fill that hole with his presence, it can leave a wound that's not easily healed. And that really came through uh, as uh, Kelly Clarkson was singing this song. I mean, she broke down mm-hmm. in the middle of the song. She you could, could barely see, get through it. Yeah. Barely get through it. All the pain sort of rushing rushing yeah. back from that, that father absence. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that uh, is really important for us uh, is that we really understand that connection uh, that, that kids have to their fathers. I mean, you know, that rejection that you get uh, from someone who's bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, that should love you like no other. Um, it really is a very painful rejection. And even as adults, you know, when we get rejected by people who should love us or who do love us, uh, how painful uh, that can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, if you're a small child and really don't have the kind of facilities to even manage through that, mm-hmm. it could be incredibly painful. And you just saw a perfect example of that. Yeah, and you know, and it really, it really is so directly linked to our issue yeah, of, yeah. Of, of trying to to protect the unborn uh, because what we found in our own research and other people's research is that the most important uh, influencer on a woman's decision yep. whether or not she's going to carry her baby to term or not um, is the father of the baby. Yep. So she's really looking to him and so he's going to have an impact for good or for ill on her decision to yep. keep the baby or not. And so really as, as in this in our movement here, in this pro-life movement, yeah. we, we ignore fatherhood at our peril. We really need to be intentional about engaging dads and getting them responsibly involved during pregnancy and, of course, after pregnancy when kids desperately need them. Yeah, absolutely. And that was what came through loud and clear in the Lifeway, Lifeway research that we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that when we asked women who did they speak to about their abortion, these were women who had had abortions, mm-hmm. and 61% said that they spoke to the father of the child more than anybody else, absolutely. more than medical professionals, abortion providers, their mother, their girlfriend, anyone, right. uh, the father. And then we asked who was the most influential right. in her decision to abort. And again, number one was, was, was the, the father. father. So yeah. it's absolutely connected uh, to the, the work that we do, absolutely connected to this issue. Yeah. And, you know, and that, and that kind of leads into this, you know, we've been talking about this notion of being pro-abundant life. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've used the term pro-life several times here, but I think uh, – we want to really try to accomplish at least one of the things we want to accomplish in this podcast is really start to get this term pro-abundant life into the, the vernacular yeah. um, and really inspire folks to start using this term. And so when we talk about pro-abundant life, what we're really talking about is obviously you got to start with saving the baby, right? I mean, mm-hmm. without if we don't save the baby, then that's, yeah. you know, we're, we're, there's nowhere to go from there. Uh, 
But for pro-abundant life folks, that's just the beginning. Yeah. Because really what we also want to be focused on is the, the importance of building strong families. Yes. So the importance of healthy marriages yes. in terms of their ability to give children the best chance to succeed at life, father involvement uh, so that kids have you know don't have that hole in their soul in the shape of their dad. They have the support of a loving father. Um, you know, this idea of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, and obviously God is the author of life and the author of abundant life. And John yes. 10, 10, Christ says that he came to not only give us life, but to give us abundant life. So we really, obviously everything centers around making sure that folks have an opportunity to have a relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, there's this idea of overturning Roe versus Wade in our hearts. Yeah. Uh, why don't you explain that? Because that, that's actually – I stole that phrase from you, as you know. And <laughs> so right. I, I've, I feel bad talking about it. I should let you yeah, talk you, about and it. And you owe me. You <laughs> I owe do. Me. I do. Yeah. But yeah, it really is this notion that when you when you look at the, the abortion issue, obviously there's a lot of focus on abortion that's happening in the culture. But what this is really focused on is abortion that's happening in the church. Mm-hmm. And, and what we found in our survey was that four out of ten Christian women who had had abortion, had an abortion, were going to church – at least monthly, and most of them monthly at the time that they had their first abortion. So abortion is an issue within the church. So if you're really going to be a pro-abundant life person, uh, you're going to have to be focused also on kind of pulling the log out of our eye uh, so that it helps us see the speck in the culture's eye as it pertains to this this issue. So, And, and the other thing, too, uh, Vince, which I, you characterize it very, very well, is the notion of being transformational in terms of our work versus transactional. It's very easy to be transactional in terms of thinking about, okay, you know, life was saved in this particular case, but you know, is that a situation where this, this woman and this man are going to come back again and again and again? You know, our, our, our sign shouldn't say, thank you, come again, you know. Right. Our, right. our sign should say, thank you, don't come again, not to be served, but to be service for others. That's mm-hmm. really what it means to be pro-abundant life in terms of thinking about the life issue. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, uh, since we, we mentioned Roe versus Wade, yeah. um, we're in that time of year where uh, everyone seems to be talking about the, uh, the presidential primaries and, and who could potentially be our next president. So without really going into a whole lot of specifics yeah. on that and naming names, um, you know, I, I think we have to start to maybe come to grips with the reality that we might not necessarily have a pro-life president. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as pro-abundant life people, we really have to understand that we need to be pursuing this issue regardless of yes. what the law says. Absolutely. And that's really what it's about in yeah. terms of the, the transformation that has to take place in our hearts. And, you know, and this, is a, this is a biblical concept of, you know, really in Paul's letters, him really emphasizing this notion that, you know, Christ came so that the the law would no longer be written on stone tablets, but would be written on the hearts of yes. men who loved him. And so uh, I think, you know, as Christians kind of looking at this election and possibly being discouraged by what yeah. we're seeing, you know, as pro-abundant life people, I don't think we should be because I think we need to really understand this notion of overturning Roe versus Wade in our hearts first. Absolutely. And I, and I think that, you know, the, the fact of the matter is that uh, even if Roe versus Wade was overturned, uh, the reality is, you know, sex outside a wedlock wouldn't be, quote, overturned. Unplanned pregnancy wouldn't be overturned. There still would be a need for us to meet 
folks who are facing unplanned pregnancies at their point of need with a pro-abundant life, not only message, but programmatically with pro-abundant life resources in terms of walking along somebody who's facing a pregnancy decision, uh, helping them become disciples of Jesus Christ. All that stuff happens anyway. So we're going to keep doing the work that we are called to do regardless of what happens uh, with the law as we work to you know, change the scenario of what's going on with the law. So that's a wonderful way for us to kind of end up what we're talking about. Yeah. And so that concludes yes. our first episode of yeah. Carecast. I, I think that I think that went pretty well. We talked about everything yeah. from bald eagles to yeah. presidents and yeah, bald presidents. <laughs> bald presidents. <laughs> right. You know, you just never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, uh, yeah. And here we, survived. With, we survived. We we survived it. Um, yeah. and yeah. I think we're really excited about this. We're gonna be doing these monthly. Um, and in the meantime we would encourage you to visit our website at care-net.org. And actually, all the stuff we've been talking about today in terms of what it means to be pro-abundant life, we have a great page on our website that really lays that out and helps explain what that means. So, if you again, if you go to care-net.org, you can find information on that. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We're Inspire Life Now on Twitter. Um, we're constantly posting great stuff on there. Roland has these videos called Life Chats that he does every month. Yep. You can get those there. Um, our website has a, has four different blogs where you can subscribe. And depending on your angle and what kind of information you want to get, you can find what you need uh, there on our website. So we've got lots of great resources out there for you uh, to help you, you know, become a life advocate. Absolutely. Um, and plus we want feedback and content if you've got an idea mm-hmm. that you think we should be talking about then I think we've got a, a website that we're going to uh, an email link rather that we're going to give yeah so if you have ideas uh, things that you think Roland and I should talk about in, in these uh, CareCast podcasts just email us at CareCast that's C-A-R-E-C-A-S-T at care-net.org CareCast at care-net.org and give us ideas, send us links to news stories, yeah. uh, you know, give us your angle as to why you think that news story might be important or something that we can cover, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll gladly try to cover as many of those as we can. Well, thank you. And until next time, may God bless you daily as you serve Him faithfully in all you do.